0: The deniers persist but the future approaches in spite of them folks these are tough times Welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young. Lou Young here from the uh, big uh, WRCR studio complex in uh, in Haverstraw, New York, and uh, we are uh, delighted to uh, be talking to you about uh, the problems facing us: climate change, climate change, climate change. It's about climate change. We're here with Will Hennessy. Hi, Will.
1: How you doing?
0: All right, George Petanovic. Hey, Lou. All right, and uh, the mayor. Of Havestra. village of Havistra. Oh, different place. village of Halvestraw. That's of course, of course, there's a difference. But that's a structural difference. It doesn't mean. <laughs> I mean, there are villages that are bigger than towns. Towns that are big, right? I mean, but True. so it's a village. It's a village. Anyway, the mayor uh, Michael Cohut, uh, 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 who just, just won an award. Welcome to us. Welcome, mayor. Thank you. Much appreciated to be here. Okay, and uh, and and we uh, we enjoy being uh, uh, in your town your village, your community. Yeah, I'm going to call time. the town in the generic sense. You know, all right, your hood.
2: You're, because we really want to be particular. You're in the village of West Havistro, where your
0: studio is right now. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: West Havistro. There's the village of Havistro. In the town of Havistro. In the town of Havistro. Technically, the, Garnerville. All right. There you go. Garnerville. Okay. Here oh, now we, we know go. where we are. Now we know where we are. We're in Rockland County. And, uh, and, and as I say, you know, broadcasting to... That, uh, that beautiful place called Rockchester which is, uh, which is one thing with a river running through it right there you go there you go. So, you go. so uh, in any event um, the village of Haverstraw recently won an award for its comprehensive plan uh, which is amazing because uh, comprehensive plans are um, can be crushingly boring and uh, and and dense and uh, often shelved and to gather dust and ignored and uh, and the one that you guys came up with, Won a state award, uh, uh, and I read it, and it's just spectacular. I mean, you, Thank you. You, 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 yeah. So anyway, ten years ago, uh, we experienced Hurricane Sandy, which woke a lot of people up, and uh, you know, people said, "Oh no, climate change isn't happening," but oh, well, maybe it is. <laughs> uh, you know, the superstorm they always predicted uh, just decimated us. Uh, Uh, Ten years ago, sending a wave of water, a wall of water Mm -hmm. up through the um, uh, Hudson, uh, the uh, New York Harbor Mm -hmm. up the Hudson River and just swept straight up to uh, Poughkeepsie. I was just just crazy. And so you've uh, you've responded to that. Tell us what you've done.
2: Well, we were lucky in the sense that no, no property in the village actually took on water. No house took on water. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have where our, the harbors in Havestro is, a couple of their parking garages were flooded out by it. But all the other the houses in there and the other houses along the river uh, were high enough to not sustain damage. And They had sandbags around them and whatnot, but uh, we lucked out. There was other damage, of course, caused by Sandy to us where there were flats and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had problems. But our goal uh, for the rest of the property that we have in the village is to build it out of the floodplain Mm -hmm. uh, or to elevate the property out of the floodplain so that uh, the next Sandy, whenever that will be, Mm -hmm. will not cause us, hopefully, knock on wood, Mm -hmm. um, any problems. But, you know, uh, as climate change progresses and Mm -hmm. we see the... uh, the proposed or the anticipated flood levels that we're going to see in the next 50 years who knows if what we're doing now is going to save us Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to try
0: because the sea is rising, and, and when you talk about the sea rising. rising, the river rises because it's a
2: tidal estuary. Mm-hmm. Correct, yes. And it's incredible the uh, the difference between low tide and high tide in the Hudson River on mm-hmm. right. a normal day. Mm-hmm. The river
0: that runs both ways. The river that secret, runs both ways, that's, exactly. That's why it's called that, and uh, the water is uh, brackish. It's partially uh, salt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, so that, that's part of it. So um, uh, you told me that it's a sustainability climate change um, uh Development uh, that's being encouraged, but away from the water, not on the water per se. Correct. Um, I, we do have waterfront property that we are preparing to develop with a developer, but uh,
2: they recognize it and we recognize it. So they're they're trying to build as oh, as far away from the water's edge as they can, leaving that uh, as natural, you know, parkland and whatnot. Um, so, but. Waterfront property is waterfront property, so and you
0: understand, you understand, and they understand there is a risk involved. Absolutely, but um, we're going to, we're
2: obviously, we're going to be using the suggested uh, flood elevations and building at or above that. So,
0: all right. So the things we need to do to protect ourselves are expensive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, seawalls. Mm-hmm. We're talking about dredging. We're talking about um, uh, berms. We're talking about uh, relocating uh, essential mm-hmm. services to higher ground correct all those things and uh, there is uh, something on the um, on the ballot coming up and the election coming up uh, early voting started today we're reporting Actually, this early the, voting. F- the final uh, weekend in October October 20th uh, so uh, early voting started today in right. New York State I uh, you can vote uh, uh, you know early uh, up until election day and then you got to vote at your precinct right uh, there's two different yeah, I don't want to get into it because I'm sure Rockland and and, and uh, Westchester have different uh, situations but I know in Westchester you can vote at any early voting center right. in this in the county For any election in the county, I don't know if that's the case in Rockland. You can
3: vote early voting at any of those locations except for election day, I believe. Election day,
0: yeah, yeah. Then you have to go to your. And how many? You have how many in Rockland? We have several. Five. uh,
2: The five townships have it, and there may be one or
0: yeah. Yeah. And there are there are seventeen in uh, in Westchester. Right. So uh, you know you could go and you could walk into a place, the place in Yorktown, Mm -hmm. and vote uh, in uh, cast a ballot for New Rochelle. I mean, the computer knows. Especially if you're
3: working in you're working yeah, in a yeah. town nearby, yeah.
0: So anyway, uh, so that, that that's that. So on the ballot, uh, whatever you, whoever you're going to vote for on the ballot, uh, if you flip it over, the first thing on the back there, the first proposition is uh, the uh, New York State Environmental Bond Act, which uh, which I have not heard anybody come out against. I'm sure there's somebody out there, but I don't think anybody has the uh, the chutzpah. To be against this thing uh, publicly, billion. Yeah, it, it, it was it was uh, developed by the governor and the legislature, and mm-hmm. it was put on the ballot, and uh, it's 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 borrowing a lot of money in order to distribute it to um, uh, to local commu- uh, communities so we can use it to protect ourselves. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, we also have so we have on the phone one of the people who helped helped write it, Steve Otis, Assemblyman. Assemblyman, how are you, sir?
4: Hello, Lou. Nice to be with you, and nice to hear that um, uh, 1980s Rolling Stone hit as uh, the entree to the show. So I think it—I think it's a good song to uh, to uh, symbolize uh, our climate change dilemma. Yes, yeah, so you know, we're rocking
0: a hard place. Okay, yeah, rocking a. What album was that, Steve? I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna, uh, gonna do the quiz then. Rolling Stones.
4: Steel Steel Wheels. You got it. He
0: <laughs> would be a <the> winner. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Otis wins win? <laughs> $4.2 <laughs> <point> <laughs> billion. Dollars. Well, there we go, $4.2 billion. Dollars. Uh, goes. So, Steve, tell us, uh, you know, you you helped write this thing. And um, uh, with all the, the tribal partisan divide that we have in the state right now, have you come across anybody who's willing to uh, stand up and say, no, I, I don't support this thing?
4: I've not heard any opposition in, in a formal way, but I think that your discussion with the mayor... Um, really cues up uh, one of the biggest reasons why people should vote for this bond act because there's a lot of funding in here to relate to uh, coastal issues um, sea level rise flooding flood mitigation Uh, those kinds of projects will provide uh, uh, funding in the bond act is there to help municipalities deal with those kinds of challenges and uh, just this uh, Uh, Earlier this week, uh, Senator Shelley Mayer and I had a a panel discussion on the Bond Act, and one of the speakers was uh, across the river from Rockland. Uh, We had the uh, mayor of Mm -hmm. Hastings-on-the-Hudson also talking about how important it was to her community. That's uh, Mayor Nikki Armacost, Uh, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, tracks exactly what uh, we're hearing today from uh, the mayor of Havistraw. So uh, these challenges are not going to go away and the Bond Act has a big priority towards uh, flood mitigation and also uh, something that uh, I advocated for which is um, a new grant program to help municipalities with stormwater projects because our stormwater systems uh, generally need uh, uh, an upgrade, either larger capacity or Mm -hmm. Uh, They're old, and they just need to be redone.
0: Yeah, stormwater is is an issue, because, you know, uh, in Maranick, where I'm from, uh, uh, we were the poster child for flooding uh, this uh, last storm, and uh, we had the storm flooding. You know, water came out of the sky Mm -hmm. and flooded us, and then the river... (laughs) the river rose rose, (laughs) and when the rivers rose the flood was already there so the flood manifested itself uh, uh, um, uh, mayor uh, it it manifested itself for us as waves yeah coming uh, in waves in in a flood that was already there it was absolutely frightening yeah for sure
2: you know years ago High tide didn't matter so much in rain events, mm-hmm. but nowadays we see it all the time where the, the stormwater mm-hmm. exits yeah. can't exit. So they're just backing up because high high tide is preventing it from uh, exiting.
0: Yeah, we're doing So we, we've been – we started – Steve, you'll be interested. We started to uh, look in at at, uh, at pumps, uh, the kind of pumps that uh, FEMA rents uh, for uh, places like Puerto Rico and New Orleans and um, – uh, and we can we can use them while the Army Corps perhaps uh, uh, gets their their act together uh, because they you know they they work at the pace they work at and um, you know one of the things is you know if you're pumping out at high tide, it ain't going to be as easy as if it's at low tide you know
4: well it, it's all hands on deck I think for any uh, any community that receives water and and it's not just coastal communities though it is. Any, the water comes from the sky, and so these challenges uh, really was demonstrated in Ida that these challenges are for every community.
0: So are you uh, willing to, uh, to be optimistic about the passage of the uh, Bond Act, or do you want to stay uh, frosty as we, uh, as we begin early voting?
4: I'm not big on predicting any elections ever. Uh, I just know that I'm working very hard to get the word out, as are uh, local officials around the state and uh... but also there's stuff in there for school districts there is uh... stuff in there to deal with energy efficiency and upgrading in terms of uh... converting to green buildings and renewable energy sources and things that that touch a uh, a lot of pieces of the climate change uh... challenge are are in this bond act uh... but <laughs> i'm I'm a former mayor uh, as, as some of you know so I am very focused on how we can help municipalities with all these challenges
0: you were the mayor
4: of Rye correct for, for twelve years and <laughs> and we had uh, uh, experience interesting our big flood biggest flood came in two thousand and seven and the previous huge floods in Westchester weren't uh, went back only
0: uh, were the
4: 1970s. Yeah, yeah. And so, I re- people, yeah. Now we're getting floods all the time.
0: Yeah, 2007 was a uh, hurricane Irene, or the aftermath of hurricane Irene, uh, and I think there were two floods back to back, weeks away, if I remember exactly. back. Exactly. Your memory is very good, Luke, <laughs> <Yeah>. Very <laughs> you good. You probably covered them. I covered it for for WCBS TV, and I remember. You know, I remember that, and I rem- and what this is what got me involved in politics was I remembered that hey, we got a plan, and then you know, then I am living there in in, t- in 20 2020, uh, yeah, and, and I'm like, what happened to We're
5: the planned.
0: plan? You know, I mean, uh, so um uh what the the uh, no no last year was 2022. What do I yeah. what am I saying?
3: Yeah, Steve, I just I want to mention, you know, we had Julie Tyon last week uh, to speak. Of course, she's been advocating for the, the New York League of Conservation Voters <clears throat> and promoting the passage of this $4.2 billion. And one of the points that she wanted to make was that it's not going to raise your taxes. This is already included in the state budget. So when you think about borrowing that kind of money, Lou was saying it's a lot of money, resources to borrow. But it's actually not looked at as a, like a local tax increase otherwise would be required because we still have to deal with these problems. The, the, the mayors and and, and the supervisors of these towns are currently trying to deal with these issues. So this is a way for them to help finance without raising local taxes, is that correct?
4: And that is right on target. And in fact, uh, in a sense, these are expenses that municipalities are gonna have to do out of necessity. The fact that there'd be uh, the state would bond for this over a long-term basis will shield local property taxpayers from incurring some of these costs. So it is uh, definitely something that, uh, from a financial responsibility point of view, these are long-term capital expenses. They should be bonded for, and to the extent that the state can can do that rather than have it be totally on the local taxpayer, that is a plus. And I've done a few events with Julie as well, and she has been a great uh, promoter of the Bond Act and – and other good environmental causes.
0: And Mayor Kohat, uh, the uh, whole, um, it, it, we won't have to raise your property taxes argument, uh, that's a good sell, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, of course it is.
2: <laughs> as as the, the local supervisor always says, that it's uh, not on the backs of local taxpayers or, or, or something to yeah. that effect.
0: Because yeah. uh, enough of that, enough of that. Right. And, and one of the things I, I, I love, uh, we get getting beyond that is the idea that uh, are you exploring generating any uh, uh, any electricity through uh, through solar power or, or any of that? We don't really have that op- much opportunity because
2: of our we're such a small community. Yeah, um, yeah. But other than doing maybe solar on some of our buildings.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we have a uh, we have a landfill uh, down by us that yeah. and Clarkstown. Yep, uh, uh, did the same thing. And, Absolutely. And, and and I'm thinking uh, that's you know uh, Steve I don't know what you what you're thinking here but I'm thinking that. That, that local municipalities should be encouraged to do this. Absolutely. Uh, if they got some space, put up the solar arrays, start generating electricity, and create the uh, microgrids, uh, lots of them, to uh, help us out of this.
4: Well, within the Bond Act, but also outside of the Bond Act, there are state programs to help municipalities with uh, solar, geothermal, electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Uh, one of the things in the Bond Act for school districts is uh, five hundred million dollars to help school districts uh, transition to all electric school buses.. Fantastic. And school buses are a big air pollution issue, not just generally, but they're really a lot those kids on those buses are not breathing great air. So yeah. the transition to electric, though, School districts cannot handle that on their budgets. They need some serious state assistance, and the, the bond act has a big piece dedicated to that.
0: Yeah, I remember the the smell of diesel triggers a whole bunch of childhood memories. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's uh, and yeah, not all of them good either. But so uh, uh, so that that's great. And listen, if, if anybody out there um, uh, has uh, any opposition or criticism or critique of this bond act and wants to. Uh, Wants to phone in and, and, and air that we're all ears, but I have heard nothing. I've heard nothing, and uh, I gotta presume that the silence means it's uh, universally greeted as a great idea. So eight four five four two nine seventeen hundred. If you want to raise the issue, because uh, you know, listen, you got the right to your opinion. Call in, let us know, and, and we'll talk to you. All right. So that's that. Assemblyman um, Otis, uh, uh, I appreciate you you calling, you you got time to to hang with us, or you got to go.
4: Well, I have to run, but I want to say one other thing to uh-huh. your point about, um, about uh, looking at this from a historic perspective. Mm-hmm. New York State generally did environmental bond acts at least once a decade, um, 60s, 70s, 80s. last one we did is in 96. So we're really overdue to do an environmental bond act, which means we've withheld from municipalities and counties the kind of boost in financial assistance for environmental projects that the state generally did on, uh, you know, every decade. And now uh, we are over two decades, in a sense, uh, late. Uh, We really need to take action now, especially with all these climate change issues really uh, uh, coming uh, uh, at us
0: very quickly. Okay. Um, uh, State Assemblyman Steve Otis, uh, representing, and give me the number. I forgot what the district is again.
4: I represent the 91st Assembly District, which is the Long Island Sound shore from the Connecticut border, Porchester, Chester, Maranac, Rye, Larchmont, and Rochelle.
0: All right. And we are uh, grateful in that area to uh, have you representing us, Steve. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Mr. Mayor.
0: Thank you. <laughs> All right. Care. There you go. So... Um, uh, you remember uh, a mayor, um, and again, I reminded, that was a Steve Otis Assemblyman, Steve Otis, who called in, and we're talking with uh, Michael Cohut, uh, who is the uh, mayor of Havistraw uh, in Rockland County. And, uh, may you remember when people said climate change wasn't real, right? For sure. And we... I-
2: what did we call it before it was climate change? It was... Um, oh, global warming. Global warming, right. And And it was just a fallacy. I
0: have a snowball. Global warming can't be real, right? <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. I do recall it, and it's mind-boggling that people felt that way, and there's still people
0: who feel that way, and it's frightening. Yeah, well, I mean, I know there's still people who feel that way I, I'm just not talking to them anymore. <laughs> because to I just I just don't have the patience to to, to, to deal with that level of uh, denial yeah. uh, but uh, you know uh, so most for the most part people can see what's happening and and yeah. understand it yes I yeah. think so okay uh, what does have a straw look like in 30 40 50 years well
2: Hopefully, and that's all I can do is hope, but you're going to see a, a community that's more self contained in the sense that our goal is to build it up so that there can be a necessary amount of variety of retail in the community. We are an existing uh, walk around community, you know, mm-hmm. it's a very walkable community. So we're hoping to increase that, make that more so have the types of services and goods and stuff that we want to, everyone wants to see in their community present, uh, and hopefully that don't require as many cars as you require today because we because it's so walkable, because there's other means of transportation that can get you to and from hopefully improved transit because transit is a little difficult in Rockland, mm-hmm. although we have some pretty good uh, bus routes and stuff in Havistraw. Uh, but we also have the ferry, which we're hoping to have on a weekend service, which will allow people to not need as many cars if they can get to New York City by taking the ferry over on the weekend over to the to Ossining, train right? to, yeah. uh, you know, and down and you're, into you're the city. And you're cross river from? Ossining. Ossining. We Ossining. have The ferry connects Havistra and Ossining, but it's a commuter ferry now, so it only runs Monday through Friday. Got it. Um, we have a, um, a potential plan or a plan through an, uh, a grant we won with the state to Ossining and I, Ossining and, and Havistra both to run the ferry on the weekend. Uh, and mm-hmm. prove to them that it can be a successful operation so that we could have that ferry service, which will necessitate, hopefully, less people trying to drive into New York City because they can come to Havistraw, hop on the ferry, get over to the, the train and, and down into Manhattan or wherever they're going. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and you vice
2: know, versa to come back upriver.
0: And the, presumably, there'll be more of the cars will be electric. True. But just because we have electric cars doesn't mean we shouldn't have fewer cars. Correct, because right. parking is always an issue.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe not in the hinterlands, but anytime you get towards municipal or towards an urban area, there's always parking issues. And what we don't want to see is acres and acres of open parking lots um, because they're just ugly, and they're. We would like them to be less necessary.
0: And and they're difficult to make permeable. I found that yes. out. Uh, uh, people have tried to. You know, we were at a uh, uh, um, a location. In, in our village and, and the there were these paving stones that were all disrupted. And I said, what happened here? And he says, well, they tried to do a permeable surface but <laughs> didn't take care of it and yeah. the, everything fell apart. So right. it, it, it requires more work right. to, to create a surface in which water can go through um, uh you have to pay attention to it yep absolutely and, and it's it's much easier to to, to just uh, asphalt it and but the water runs off so uh there we go anyway what do you uh, you, you want to take a walk with us into the big machine you know that you know about the big machine i don't know if he knows about the big uh, I don't. Let, let's take let, let, let's uh <laughs> let, let's let's get up and, and stretch our legs here oh uh, yeah open the door and get into the big machine and we see all these interesting this is interesting. It right? is <laughs> for sure. These are these are great. Uh, uh, it's very high tech. It's very high tech. We can direct the uh, uh, the instruments wherever we like, and uh, and and get some uh, some readings here. And uh, the, some of the things we're seeing is that uh, that uh, uh, the Russian invasion uh, uh, of uh, Ukraine. Some people are saying now that it it, it may actually quicken. Our shift to clean energy, because by making, <laughs> making oil so so expensive, energy so expensive, that you know, you use less, and then you right. find another another alternative. Right. So, so that oh, but that make, makes for this means it's gonna make for a painful, uh, a painful winter. In a few minutes, we're gonna get a call from uh, Orange and Rockland, and we'll be talking to them about uh, the, the coming winter. Uh, the other thing is that uh, there are people throwing. Food at Masterpieces Have you heard about this? I did see something bizarre I'm looking that. at Here we go this is, Out of Germany Somebody tossed mashed potatoes At a Claude Monet Somebody oh. tossed tomato soup In the UK At a uh, at a Van Gogh The, the famous sunflowers thing oh. And then uh, somebody else Another protester A while back uh, You know Tossed a cake At the Mona Lisa in, At the Louvre And this is all in, in the service Adam should be laughing Why are you doing this? Well, this is this is to raise awareness for the climate, and 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 there's a group called Just Stop Oil, and um, they've gotten more traction, more attention out of these stunts than anything else they've done, and um, apparently uh, the. Uh, they haven't damaged the paintings they just they're really just hitting the glass in front of the paintings so i um i don't know what you but here you are at rcr in Garneville, new york talking about it talking so talking about <laughs> it. so 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 is it genius or is it some <laughs> some some, some uh, is it misplaced and um do you, do you, do you know reverend billy do you have you heard about reverend billy no reverend billy uh, and the church of stop shopping from brooklyn um, uh well, we'll ex- I'll tell you about him afterwards, we'll, okay. we'll have a conversation. But uh, but he uh, he recently did a uh, uh, a sermon on this and um, uh, about uh, whether or not, you know, activists, environmental activists are going too far, or, or are they going as far as they need to go because it's that much of an existential threat? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's worth thinking. Anyway, uh, let, let's uh, listen to Bill Tallon, Reverend Billy. Hello and welcome. This is Earth
1: Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy. Here we are again, folks. The Earth Church has plenty of room for you. We don't know in the Earth Church how radical we will have to be to defend the Earth. We've tried all kinds of things for years and years and years. Persuasion and legislation and lawsuits and giant rallies and marches hasn't worked. What do we do? We're facing the riddle of our time. Why are we passive? in the face of this disastrous ruin that we're making of the Earth. The big banks and the oil companies are just they are spewing CO2 and methane into the atmosphere at record rates, making billions of dollars. They're gangsters on the loose. Nobody can control them. Speaking of how radical we have to be this week, two ladies in the National Gallery of London poured Heinz tomato soup All over, one of the most famous paintings in the world, Vincent Van Gogh's Sunflowers. Didn't hurt the painting, it was covered in glass. But it jolted the activist community. Because a lot of older, less radical people, they said, oh my God, nobody will like environmentalists now. I'm here to say, here at Earth Riot Radio, that the moderation that we're dedicated to has to stop. Let's ask the question how radical do we have to be when society has gone mad what do we do what do we do let's be honest now we're running out of time are you with me people somebody give me an earth hallelujah
0: earth hallelujah <laughs> there you go. I can see I can see you, uh, you you're puzzled by that there. It's an interesting concept <laughs> Yeah uh, so uh, uh, Bill Talon is, uh, is Reverend Billy. He's, uh, he's been doing this for over 20 years and he became the Reverend Billy character uh, as a performance artist, a joke yeah. and, uh, and has since become the Reverend Billy. <laughs> he's transformed himself. <laughs> he's transformed himself to it. And, and, and he's a very, it's a brilliant guy. And he, and he has a, um, a, a whole, uh, a collection of, 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 people around him, a, a group of people, uh, very talented musicians, very talented singers and, and, uh, jazz musicians. And, and, uh, they have a, a service every Sunday at the earth church in the Lower East Side, which is like held in an abandoned bank or a vacant bank. And, uh, and they, uh, they're they're doing it. They're 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 uh, sending a message out. So so that's that's that. But um, the idea, uh, how much of an existential threat are we facing from your your perspective? Because when he referred to us, some older, more moderate people, I presume that would be us. <laughs> <laughs> we fit the profile. <laughs> um, so how do you how do you view how existential a threat is the climate change issue? Oh, it. it. It's it's clearly a big problem mm-hmm. that we have to face
2: sooner rather than later. I just saw another report at, at the speed that the the glaciers in Switzerland are melting. Uh, mm-hmm. And if we don't start something serious uh, at a serious yeah. level, can't catch up to it. then we'll never be able to catch up to it. You're right, George. And I mean, don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know uh, it accelerates. You know? Yeah. The more that's going, the more that's... It's, gone, the it's more a, that's a self-fulfilling
0: prophecy, so to speak. Yeah. So that, you know, so, you know, Anyway, as long as they're not wrecking the paintings, I guess I'm okay with it. But there you uh, go. they're also crazy gluing their uh, their body parts to the walls and stuff, which is uh, <sighs> an odd thing. There <laughs> yeah. was oh. there was an actor that did
1: that in Starbucks a couple months ago. What's his name? Oh, he's been in so many things. Who glued his hand to the Starbucks in down in the city? Oh, he was in. I missed that. For, oh, I'm I'm gonna look up his. We name.
0: have the f- we have the sum of all human knowledge at our I fingertips. I know I could up. have looked that up before I said something. <laughs> <laughs> so and and while we do that, uh, um, uh, Mayor, let's uh, let's bring um, uh, Mike Donovan on from uh, uh, Orange and Rockland. Uh, Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Lou. I've been enjoying the conversation. Yeah, well, so you know what? You're busy keeping the lights on. You you have your hand on the switch, keeping the lights on there. Well, if you're on the air, I'm on the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always talk about. You know, people say, "Well, you know, the utility company—they're the bad guys." I said, they, they, "They, you yeah. know, we keep the lights on for God's sake." Well, on the radio the station, yeah, the radio yeah. station. the charged. lights. The li- <laughs> when the lights go out, I always say this: When the lights go out, you're in a you're in a countdown to a Mad Max movie, <laughs> and and yeah. uh, when you get to zero, you know, you got to pick your costume. What, what what kind of costume would you pick for the Mad Max movie, Mike?
6: Uh, certainly not anything with crazy glue in
0: it. <laughs> not crazy glue. I got I got, uh, I got a, a, a whole thing with with this, with uh, with fur, a fur loincloth, and a um, and never mind. I don't want to. Talk yeah, about wow. That. wow, that's something you can't get out of your mind right away. <laughs> and a helmet with though. the goggles and stuff. So uh, uh, tell us about the uh, about the things that Orange and Rockland has done since Hurricane Sandy. Um, you know, um Mayor Mayor Mike here uh, from Haverstraw is uh, uh you know, assure him that you've done everything possible to make things better in the last 10 years.
6: He probably knows better than I do how okay. how much we've done over the past 10 years.
3: Okay. right?
0: Well, let's hear it.
6: Okay. Well, uh, as you as you know, Sandy was a a, a cluster for everybody. Mhm. And uh, a traumatic day, I think that everybody who lived through it will still feel the trauma for years to come. Mm -hmm. And here's what we've done. Um, We embarked on a storm-hardening program. One of the the things we've done is to embark on a storm-hardening program uh, uh, in the wake of Sandy. Um, Thus far, we have spent uh, in New York, uh, let's see, a whole bunch of money.
5: Mm -hmm.
6: Tens of millions. So storm At the hardening. Of 80, it's 80, $84, $85 million. Dollars. Okay. All right. Just for the storm hardening. Storm hardening is, is, is made up of these, these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, undergrounding in strate- strategic uh, locations uh, to uh, avoid exposure to overhead uh, or everything from storms to traffic accidents to everything else.
0: Yeah, because the, the winds take down the, the trees, the trees take right. down the power lines, the power lines take down the power. Right. The the best
6: example is uh, on the causeway in uh, Clarkstown between Congress and New City. Mm -hmm. Uh, We undergrounded all the wires there. And after we did that, the cable uh, cable TV and the uh, telephone company did the same thing. Got it. So there's no wires up there anymore. There are poles there, but they're there to hold up the Mm -hmm. streetlights. There's also, uh, we've hardened the system in terms of changing the... um, the specs inside our company for construction, mm-hmm. so the poles are now stronger than they were pre-Sandy, and the wires are are much stronger than they you were. You
0: know, I've noticed that. I mean, there 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 is some robust-looking uh, infrastructure.
6: Yeah, uh, there's a there's a design they call the spacer cables, and they have a, a diamond kind of design. And what what they really do is they have a shield wire over the top of the uh, the electric wires to prevent them from uh, incidental damage, like a uh, tree limb. Uh, Hitting it or uh, even in a storm, even trash that blows up and into the wires can right. sometimes create an outage. And that protects the wires in that fashion. So that's, that's, we find that to be a very, very effective uh, device uh, to, uh, to help us prevent Typically outages.
0: Typically orange, right? The, the shielding?
6: Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um The other things we've done, uh, are, are, which has been a great deal of help, has been automation in the system. The, the, the so-called smart grid uh, construction
5: mm-hmm.
6: and what that is is uh, it's it's a computer driven uh, program that uh, essentially uh, shortens the circuits uh, now what well, what that means is a, say a circuit has a thousand customers on it
2: mm-hmm.
6: uh, there are reclosers we, we are building into the circuits where when we hit a when and this does it automatically when there's a, a a, a fault on the system, on on the wires. These uh, cl- reclosers will automatically isolate the problem on the system to a 50 customer stretch.
0: That's like a, 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 a mini grid, like it's like yeah,
6: a it, yeah. It it but it it cuts the grid in it cuts the circuit in half basically. It. it cuts it minimizes the uh, it, the the computer can see where the fault is. Right, amazingly enough, and it it. Uh, Cuts that piece of the 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 damaged piece out of the circuit, so it works around it. You bypass
0: it. Yeah, so fewer people are waiting for the repair.
6: Yeah, it's it's like from a thousand to fifty. Got it. It's fantastic. That kind of thing. Um, in in the past, the whole the whole circuit would go out, mm-hmm. and then you'd be doing that. We've spent uh, over fifty million dollars on that. Um, so it's that kind. Of, those are those are the kinds of things we've been doing. The uh, the other piece of this that. Um, is part of the natural progression inside the company is that over the last 10 years we spent a billion dollars on maintenance and construction um, that is, you know, building new substations uh, upgrading circuits uh, building new circuits uh, the, the whole magilla to uh... Uh, improve the system, harden the system, you so more I just, I just resilient.
0: I just love that we that we we use billion. I mean, billions a lot of money. but it's yeah. like, you know, I remember when billion used to be an unthinkable amount of money. You know, there it you go,
6: like right? right. <laughs> and now you can win it on a lotto ticket. Yeah, you know, right. so
0: it, it was uh, the first thing I have, and I'm I'm digressing because um, Mike, you know, that's what I do. Uh, uh, oh, there you go. Uh, the um, first thing I ever heard that cost a billion dollars was uh, the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. Yeah. Right. Well, the, which, right which was well, I mean that was, was, so was one of was really <laughs> a billion <laughs> but anyway I, I, I digress i digress so uh, please continue sir
6: please but, you know any time i say this this number people say uh, did you say a million i said no a billion with a yeah. b yeah. and they just go oh wow
0: because you know. really, what could you get for a million, right? Yeah, it's right. chump change. <laughs> Can't buy a house now. <laughs> That's
3: right. I'd like to sell you my house for a million.
0: <laughs>
3: Mike, this is George Petanovic from Stony Point. We've known each Hello, other for George. a long time. How are you Yes, doing? how are you? Good, good to hear your voice. Uh, yeah, thanks. You know, um, I've been to a couple of the planning board meetings, and ONR, maybe you could speak a little bit about, it, it fits in, I think, with what you were speaking about, ONR is I think in the process of building a, a substation where the Lovett property is and somehow tapping into that uh, line that comes across from the Indian Point side, right? Is that uh, what's happening? Can you, maybe you could explain a little bit. I, my understanding is, is that that's supposed to help ensure a greater stability of electrical services in North Rockland, I, I, that was what I was told. I, yeah, I, I saw you speak at the planning board the okay. other night, George. Right. Um, yeah, it's a,
6: it's a $58 million, uh, Upgrade in that uh, in there's a substation there currently, and what we're doing is uh, uh, basically doubling its size, mm-hmm. um, so that it can bring more energy into the system, more electricity in the
3: system. It's right, it's right under the
6: transmission wires, as you said,
3: to come over from Buchanan. I didn't think we were tapping into those lines. I thought they passed right through Rockland, but they don't. You you tap into them, I guess, at other places. No, they, they're overhead, and we tap, in, we tap in overhead. They come right through. You're oh, right. Oh, yeah, okay.
6: So that's where we, we draw the electricity down there into that substation, and the substation uh, steps it down to a, a voltage that we can use on the distribution wires that run up and down the street in the town. Right, right.
0: All right. And, and, and uh, let me uh, – le, the elephant, of course, in the room is that, uh, uh, the, the, that right now, immediate. Not the elephant in the room, but uh, the immediate concern is um, uh, winter's coming, and uh, we've got uh, high energy costs planet wide. Uh, yep. um, uh, what uh, What are you expecting, uh, and what can you What advice can you give to the customers?
6: Well, um, let's see. Where's the projection here? Uh, the um, for the, the both electric and uh, natural gas are projected to go up this uh, winter. Um, the natural gas is supposed to go up about uh, twenty-eight percent. The electricity is supposed to go up about twenty-eight percent, and the natural gas is supposed to go up about forty-four percent. Wow! The uh, and the driver on this is uh, natural gas. Yeah. Because
0: um, natural gas figures into the electric as well,
6: right? Yeah, they, uh, since uh, they've done away with a lot of the fossil fuel plants, mm-hmm. and natural gas is a fossil fuel too. But the dirtier fossil fuel plants, like the coal plants and the oil plants, uh, as it got cleaner, then natural gas was the default uh, clean, quote unquote, clean energy. Yeah, and well, cleaner. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, cleaner, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, this, uh, there's been a number of factors uh, affecting that. Uh, 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 including the the war in Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, have created a uh, not a shortage of natural gas, but a, a uh, it's cut into the inventory of
0: natural gas uh, producers. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a political it's shortage, local, local shortages. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and the, and the funny thing is, and I'm 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 reading uh, from uh, out of the Times, uh, uh, from the past week, is that the uh, there, there's a new report that says that the Russian invasion is likely to quicken the planet-wide shift to clean energy in that, you know, we tend to uh, find another way if things get expensive. But in, right. in the short term, that means some pain. I mean, you, you, you sure. see in that, too? Uh,
6: I think that'll be a longer-term uh, uh, conversation, mm-hmm. and I think, I think that's, that's a, it's a pretty good uh, uh, prediction. Yeah, prediction, not a guess. It's a yeah. prediction. Yeah. Um, let me just revisit the the things I talked to you about in terms of the increases. Sure. Rockland County, where where most of your presumably most of your listeners are, uh, is not is because the uh, county executive and the legislature um, repealed the four percent energy tax. Mm-hmm. Um, Rockland County will be twenty four, almost twenty five percent, not twenty twenty eight, twenty nine.
3: Uh, in their electric uh, increases, four percent tax they were charging or something, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's and it's funny sometimes. Sometimes when things go up, you think, oh, well, uh, uh, they went up." But you know, yeah. it, it's hard to measure them not going up more. I mean, yeah, it's, about, it's, about it's like eight, a double uh, negative. Oh, yes. Yeah,
6: <laughs> about about eighteen percent of your O and R bill is uh, taxes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so it's yeah. difficult. I remember when I, uh, I I did a clean energy. Uh, what, what do you call those things uh, when you you fill out the card survey uh, uh, uh <laughs> not a survey no when you when you uh you, you got the clean energy source uh, a choice for alternative choice for alternative they, uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah well, third party uh, yeah suppliers. third 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 party you know so i i, I bought into the clean energy thing yeah and, and, and my bill went up Yep. right and uh, and I was outraged I said, well, I can't I'm not you know I'm not that much of an environmentalist that I'm willing to uh, drain my bank account but it went up right. less. <laughs> That's what I called up the guy says, you know, no, no, what if <laughs> no fool, you saved money, it just didn't go up as much I'm like, wow, you know so uh it, it's hard to measure, you know and sure. uh, uh, and it's just like just like. Sometimes good government is invisible because bad things didn't happen, right, Mayor? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, a,
6: um, it's, a uh, Jesu- it's a Jesuitical thing of proving a negative.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have that too. And I always uh, say that when it comes to uh, um, the electric company, uh, keeping the lights on is your business. It's 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 critical. I've been to places when the lights go out, and it gets it gets ugly quick. <laughs> it gets ugly yeah, real quick. Yeah. Yeah the,
6: the, the, yeah, the atmosphere changed. You can feel it in the air. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, like the Mad Max movie. There you go. And yeah, that's that, that's where we're all headed. As soon as the the lights go out. Yeah. So um, uh, I uh, I appreciate that. Now you did some stuff. you you got some Jersey stuff there too, didn't you? you I mean you you you've uh, uh, we we broadcast down into Bergen County. Um, there, there was um, there, there was some. Uh... Yeah, there's we did the same the same kinds of things down in Jersey. We spent about
6: fifty eight million dollars down there. Okay. Uh, and did the same things and you know spot undergrounding smart uh, grid stuff you know shrinking the circuits putting the computer stuff in there um, you know, and th- and these are things that we're not just doing t- on the first 10 years after sandy well, these are the things we're going to be doing going forward now, as th- part th- of th- our, our our work
0: now the question I have always have about burying the lines is that when you're dealing with flooding uh, you you know, does that complicate it? Because you can't get down and fix the lines if they're underwater, right? Well,
6: barium complicates fixing the lines any time. If the, if the power goes out from an underground service, it, it doesn't take three hours to fix it. It takes three days. Because yeah. you have to dig it up and the hold. The whole, it's a construction project then, not not a fix. Yeah. Um, but it's, And it's the same with the natural gas system. Sometimes the water gets into the, uh, the gas underground and, uh, you know, you have an outage. Or but, you have to shut it off so you don't have a problem.
0: But it's less likely to break uh, for uh, casual reasons.
6: Yeah, the, the the cables underground are encased in concrete. <clears throat> okay.
0: All right. So right. Uh, there's always I always say this. For every fix, there's a downside, right? Yeah,
6: that's you right. Bet. Well, and with underground lines, you know, we're an overhead system. They have to come up by the ground someplace.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
6: So, you know, there's there's a vulnerability there even for undergrounding, but it's not as much uh, particularly – and, and – and, Undergrounding is impractical for lots of parts of our service territory. Uh, You know, a a third of Rockland is parkland. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we're not going to underground the lines in front of uh, uh, one of the parks. There's no real reason for that. Uh, But in in the places where we have circuits that come together, for example, um, we have a project uh, uh, playing off of what uh, George said earlier. We have a project in Clarkstown we're going to be starting where we're going to underground five and a half miles of transmission uh you know that will that will be a, an extraordinarily good um uh, uh service uh, improvement for customers because it's transmission yeah so it's bulk power so there's a lot of electricity runs through those lines that that serve a lot of customers mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, it's probably twenty thousand customers who benefit from that project.
0: Was it was the um, electric from that goes through there generated, or do you said uh, too complicated to? It, it uh,
3: comes. It comes in off the state grid. We don't generate anything locally. Okay. Yeah, yeah um, Michael was going to mention that. You know, I think most of the people realize now that Orange and Rockland is no longer in the energy generation, but in the general energy distribution side of right, since the clearly. new regulation, what, around 2000, right? Yep. Um, so people are left with the idea of buying their energy from another source. They have these third-party sources uh, that they can choose from, and some of them are, are going towards more sustainable or more uh, renewable kinds of energies. Uh, i bring the mayor in on this a little bit, but I right. believe his village... Is part of this rockling Community Power. Right. Can you just explain a little bit about how that works, and maybe the mayor can comment on how that's working? I know things are changing now with the price of energy increasing, but uh, you know, so it's it's it's, it's got, customers are given a choice now and, and can make choices as to where their energy is coming from, and how does that actually work from your end as a distributor distributor of energy?
6: Well, as a as a as a practical matter, it's uh, uh, we're like we're like UPS. We we used to uh, make the product and then deliver it, and now we just deliver it. Right. Uh, that's basic. The best way to describe it is that we're agnostic in terms of uh, what the supplier is, whether it's solar or uh, wind or uh, uh, you fossil know fuel. Uh, fossil yeah. fuel. Yeah, right. sure. And, and people, uh, we we see the customers uh, looking for for clean energy and energy uh, that's uh, made from wind and solar and things like that. And there are providers out there who will bring it. I don't, I, the aggregators, uh, and that's what we're talking about, is um, uh, basically you pay somebody to buy the, the, the cheapest electricity for you, and then they, they, they're the middleman, basically. Yeah, right. Um, I, I don't think there's any markup on it when they do it. We don't mark up uh, the energy we buy. We buy it, and you get it at the same price that we paid for it. Got it.
0: Uh, but you know that, that 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 infrastructure is expensive, and uh, and we uh, we um, do yeah. understand that. Um, I'm I'm a big believer in mini grids. I'm, I'm a big believer in generating yeah. electricity where you use it, and uh, yeah. to reduce the uh, the amount of transmission. So because energy is
3: becoming yeah. more distributed now, right? In other words, you had the Levitt plant years ago, where it was the main right. source. But now, is it energy moving more towards a less centralized and more distributed sources? Isn't that uh, sort of what's going on? Yes, that's it, the solar model basically. The solar and wind model is that
6: it, it, it's a it distrib- distributed energy generation. All right. And, and uh, for us, uh, you know, it's we we have a lot of solar on the system now. And the new substation we're building, we build them to. Um, the, to enable us to draw more solar into the the system, not just those, not just the lines are running from Buchanan, but from the solar arrays and from the wind and so forth. Uh, and that's a different design on the substation. But we're we're remodeling the substations as we build them out to
3: we'll accommodate that.
0: yeah, yeah So Mike, correct. Mike, it was it's a delight to have you on, and I and I hope we can we can you know, do it again uh, soon. Pleasure uh, to talk to all of you again. Yeah, yeah. You know, because one of the things I want to get to is uh, down the road. When we get into this whole aftermarket for um, for uh, electric car batteries, and we start using them uh, at, at at local localities to store electricity, which is what they'll still be good for, and and then we we build, you know, uh, that storing electricity uh, will mean that uh, that we'll have uh, sources. Uh, you know, even at night when the uh, sun is not in the air.
6: <laughs> right. And, and let me just put in a plug there because we, yeah. we just built a, uh, a, a battery array over in Pomona. Uh, we've got five uh, uh, truck size batteries out there that we use uh, to uh, uh, trim the, uh, uh, the peak demand in the summer. Wow. Yeah and it's uh, it's what we do is we charge them up at night when the, the electricity is cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, and then we then we run them during the day when the, the demand is higher.
2: That's we've Okay, had, well, we've that, had that, very the, very good success with that. The future's already arrived and, you uh, know, yep. and, and Luke, Mike. I, I wanted to mention something else that R just is starting. It's not so yeah. much with with the electric but um Mike just the day before I think it was the day before yesterday uh, you guys are looking for geothermal projects. Um, for n- new developments that are coming online, and that's going to be a, a great thing. Um, I'm, we're going to look at it. We're doing a big development down on the waterfront, uh, yep. George, I think you know about, and geothermal makes perfect sense, yep. uh, and I'm, I'm pleased to see that Orange and Rockland is uh, jumping in full force with something like that.
6: Well, we are, and it's uh, we're we're directing towards the heat pumps yeah. right now.
0: Yeah, heat pumps. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah. that's a big deal. In yeah. an, any event, folks, it's going to be a painful winter. Uh, you, you, we heard it. You know, we've been talking about it for months now. You're talking about. Uh, 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 25 percent increase in in in, in rates. Uh, natural gas could go up, all, you know, over 40 percent. It's going to be right. painful if you don't cut back. Uh, and yep. even if you do cut back, it's still going to go up. So so we got to we got to get ready for that. We have to be not sure. be surprised by it and uh, yeah. and 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 try the best we can. And
6: the uh, the number the the number one suggestion I have for folks, and I'll follow with the number two, is to get on budget billing. Uh-huh. And budget billing uh, looks at your total, looks at your uh, building history, and take, cuts your bill into twelve pieces, yeah. even-sized pieces, and you true up at the end of that time, whether whether you're ahead of it or behind it. But that's a good way of managing your bill so that you know what's coming in every month.
0: Okay, and that's that's true. If and listen, if you because if you can't afford it, you you know then you need to spread it out. The thing right. for me though. I have to I have to know that I spent that much money to cut back. In other words, <laughs> right. you know like hey bonehead leaving leaving the heat on and the window open was not a great idea. Look That's at right. the bill you got, you know.
6: Well, and when you get to, when we get to smart meters yeah. and we we've put smart meters in all for that cost us uh, in New York uh, 98 million. million. Yeah. Uh, you can you can see on your computer yeah. what you what you minute are using by, minute. by week. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah by minute almost. <laughs> Every fifteen minutes, I think it, it trues up. Yeah. Um, and then that way, instead of you saying to to your kids, "Hey, you know, this is this is why you shouldn't leave the computer on all the time," you say, "Look, look what happened last week. You came home from college, and we spent uh, you know we fifteen <laughs> <Yeah>, percent <don't... laughs> more on our electricity." <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm happy to say I haven't put my heat on yet. I haven't done anything. I, I haven't even down to fifty nine well, last my, night. Hi, heroes. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have three big dogs, so it was a three dog night. Well, we <laughs> <laughs> three, I
7: was
3: waiting for that one. three dog night. That's right. That's
0: and we could we could all get the um, uh, uh, Manuel Macron uh, uh, turtlenecks, right? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Nice. Right. They're in in in. Uh, in France, they're all wearing turtlenecks instead of ties because it's going to be cold this winter. Nice in drive. any event, nice. uh, uh, Mike, thanks so much uh, for, for calling in. I appreciate you taking time okay. out of your Saturday. I know you got to be Thanks so much. Nice, nice talking to all of you. All Thank right. You. All right. We'll, we'll see you Take back care. here. Be good soon. And I want to talk about the sure. batteries next time, okay? Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Take care of yourself. Take care. Man. Bye-bye. That's uh, Mike Donovan from uh, Orange and Rockland Utilities, uh, a uh, wholly owned subsidiary of Con Edison, I believe. I believe yes. so. Yes. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, uh, you know, listen. They work hard to keep the lights on, and uh, you know you can. We can have little issues with them here and there, but um, that's what holds our civilization uh, together. Um, uh, we're with um, Mike Cohut, Mike Kohut, the mayor of Havistraw. Havistraw. You know, you, you've been sitting here the whole time, and I uh, and I'm uh, having a that's all right brain fart on your last name. No whatsoever. worries. And um, I'd like to talk to Mike a bit about the process for. Okay, how, okay you know, all right. Before before we do that, though, yeah. I mean, I, I think we were talking about uh, uh, the, the pessimism mm-hmm. and how sometimes we can turn people off. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, environmentalist Theodore Roszak uh, talked about that um, not too long ago. And uh, and you, you know, you can't be too gloomy. I, mm-hmm. I tend to be a little gloomy, don't I?
3: Uh, no, well, sometimes, but.
0: I think you're mostly optimistic. What do you think, Will? Am I gloomy?
1: A little bit of a... I I actually got a question about this on the morning show. Somebody called me. It was Clem. He asked if I considered you a doomer. Which doomer. is a, a new term for people who are very pessimistic about the future. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't say you're totally a doomer, but you know the the ads for the show are uh, a little doomer-esque yeah, if they're, I'm, they're if doomer esque. I mean,
0: I, I I think the uh, the, the, the extinction pending. of civilization is a is a doom prophecy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's an upside somewhere there. There's an upside somewhere <laughs> there. Yeah, because the planet will be. Fo- you don't have to save the planet. The planet's fine. <laughs> just just it'll just we'll just be evicted in any event. So yeah, I guess I'm a, I'm a bit of a doomer. So anyway, let's. Uh, uh, l- l- let uh, Theodore Roszak straighten me out. How about, here we go.
8: Many environmentalists have been sounding of very few notes in appealing to the public. Uh, they refer to fear, they refer to guilt, they seek to shock, they seek to shame. I understand why the problems are urgent, and I Mm -hmm. accept the urgency of these problems. I don't question that at all. But it may be important to ask at some point whether we've done too much of that in the environmental movement, which I consider myself to be a part of, and that perhaps we have to find other themes to introduce other notes to sound uh, that are more positive and more affirmative. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, this becomes a challenge to the environmental movement. Do we believe? Human beings are bonded to this planet in a way that would allow us to invoke trust, love, respect, reciprocity as positive motivations for becoming good environmental citizens? Or do we believe there's nothing more to fall back on than duty based upon guilt, based upon shame? Uh, guilt and shame have their place, but an appeal that is exclusively related to guilt or to shame is I think at a certain point going to have detrimental effects. It's going to turn people off. It's going to sound terribly negative and challenging in that bad sense in which you uh, confront people with a problem greater than they can take hold of. Mm -hmm. I would like to see the environmental movement ask itself this question. Are we not bonded to this planet by something which is life-enhancing and life-affirming, and which we can appeal to people to find within themselves a voice of the Earth which speaks to them with a sense of love, respect, and trust?
0: Hey, hey, you talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking to me? Who else are you? That's Theodore Rosick uh, uh, talking to the doomers of the world, and I guess uh, I tend to be one of them you know, I get, I get, I get worried, you know, I see the, the tipping point. I, uh, I envision, uh, you know, waves of, uh, whatever. Okay. And I worry about, um, you know, I worry about the, uh, uh, the heat waves and, uh, and electricity going out because you get a, a wet bulb heat wave, which is a, uh, one of these, uh, these heat waves where it gets so hot that you, you can't lose your, you can't, you can't sweat your way out of it. You can't lose heat, and if you're too far from uh, from uh, salt fresh water, and you, you don't have electricity for um, air conditioning, mm. for air conditioning, uh, then uh, then you die. And uh, and that's <laughs> and that's that's in the mix for, for climate change. So that, uh, that that's that's one of the things I worry about. But but Theodore is saying, don't be don't be that that doomy. So, and I'm going to try and listen and and, and look at the uh, look at the uh, the, the, the uh, positive things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so, so give us some hope, Mayor Mayor uh, Hocha. We'll try. Go so, the, so the Mayor uh,
3: it, Lou mentioned earlier that you won the Heisenbottle Award, uh, which is for uh, excellence in planning. And, but I'd like to go back to when you started in 2019. And one of the things that the award I think pointed out was that your village. Uh, was very inclusive in terms of inviting the public in on a process. Um, could you bring us back to the early stages of that and how it sort of started and then where it led, into, led to in terms of uh, developing and uh, evaluating the vision for the for the community and then maybe some of the ideas that have been, came from that in terms of implementation, sustainability and such. So how, how did how the process work uh, in terms of getting the public involved? They did this just before COVID and actually were able to complete it during the COVID years, which was right. a good use of your time, I think, right. but I uh, didn't know that at the time, but Bring us back to 2019. How did this whole process start? Well, you know, you, you start obviously
2: by we, we got a grant for, uh, to help pay for the uh, comp plan, uh, a state grant. I think it was $150,000 uh, towards it. Uh, and that had to be, that part of that came from DEC with the climate smart mm-hmm. um, um, aspect of it. Uh, so that's, that was important. But we got a committee together of a lot of uh, residents and business people and just interested people uh, who, are, who care about Havistraw. Uh, and wanted to help the process along and and help to set the vision for the coming ten or twenty years, uh, and we met together with we we chose a planning group um, through a you know a pretty elaborate process, uh, and we actually chose our existing planners Nelson Pope and Voorhees mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the team behind Max Stock who was our our main village planner, and then we went through the process of first amongst the committee just talking about what we envisioned of uh, the future and what was important for us um, and then we took it on the road so to speak uh, we had um, charrettes and public meetings that we because Haverstraw is explain a charrette a charrette is um, a public meeting with where you um, where you have vision boards and and ideas mm-hmm. and you put them out for the public uh, to give feedback mm-hmm. um, and You're listening,
0: uh,
3: listening, to,
2: uh, yes, a lot of listening going on. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so we started that, and and the village of Havistra is seventy percent Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, it's important to have representation and outreach to that
0: Spanish community, language too. Uh, Spanish language, um, Spanish language. And I want to uh, tell everybody, remind everybody, we're speaking with Mayor uh, Michael Cohot, the mayor of Havistraw, uh on Tough Times with Lou Young, WRCRAM AM seventeen hundred, wrcr.com. dot com. So um,
2: we did outreach into making sure that that community was represented and that they knew when the meetings were. We had them in our community center. Uh, we tried to make it as friendly and as uh, bilingual as we could. Um, we had different stations where people, we could talk about transportation, we could talk about um the economics of the downtown. Mm-hmm. We could talk about uh, climate change, and mm-hmm. we could talk about development, and we could, t- you know, all these different points. Um, so it's like a brainstorming uh, opportunity, right. right? That's
0: the that's the word I was looking for. Brainstorming. Yeah. Yes. yes.
2: And and so people gave feedback on them, what they would like to see, what they didn't care about, what they thought was important, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, we we boiled that down, and we tried to understand. Um, how this would affect the average Havistro person going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, development, for example. Mm-hmm. What would development mean? Would it be a negative or a positive? Mm-hmm. Would it, Is it better to develop high density or low density? Is mm-hmm. it um, What are our concerns about climate change and, and sea level rise? Mm-hmm. And how that was going to affect development? And we put all those. Moving parts, really. The, yeah. Right. And we all put that all that into the sausage maker. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then churned out the sausage, which was, which was the plan. And then we took the plan and let people comment upon it further, mm-hmm. um, you know, the draft plan. Uh, and it was, It's as you, George, you've seen it, you see it's, it's an extensive document, yes. 200 pages or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really speaks to Havistra's history,
3: Havistra's ethnicity, right. uh, Havistra's past, present, your weaknesses, and future. Your opportunities, I mean, it's self-evaluating uh, opportunity, isn't it? Uh, Correct. As much for everybody to say, what do you think about uh, not only what we want, but where are we and, where, and how do we get there. It's, right. it's a process that people are involved, which is good to see the public involved in that process, right. which I think is so and, great. And, you know, it,
2: Havistra's heyday was the 50s, 40s and 50s, and then you had the advent of cars and the advent of strip malls and, and mega malls and all the rest of that, and nobody came to the to the downtowns anymore. I see. Uh, and they struggled. Uh, but by recreating the downtowns and repopulating the downtowns, um, we're hoping to remake our image and, and have a have as successful a downtown as you see in you know a myriad nice. beacon Nyack, uh, you know all these river villages. We've got we've got the, a better view of the Hudson River than any yeah, other totally. than asset. any other um, yeah. downtown, I think.
3: And if these things lead to economic development too, it's not just environmental Absolutely. issues. I mean, these are very tight closely tied to economic opportunities, right? And recognizing them, right? And we you know we have we have an 11-acre parcel that we're
2: developing down on the waterfront we have you know we've chosen a developer that is right off the downtown it's at the end of the street if you george i know you know where the post office as in the library is it's right there it's not disconnected by the railroad as the places on the huts on the westchester side is is torn up by the railroad we're not uh so this is going to be a walking development where people can get down to and get up into the downtown the retail will come up from this project into the to walkable uh to right I mean, walkable. absolutely yeah, walkable. walkable yeah. We, we, you yeah. can walk from one end of the downtown to the other sure. in, in less than 10 minutes quite yep, honestly very
3: unique that way yeah uh, maybe we could bring jared rodriguez in. Uh, jared was the chair of the comp, uh, comprehensive plan committee correct yeah jared are you are you on the on the line yeah hey hey guys how are you uh-huh. welcome. Welcome. welcome hi jared uh-huh. well you know the mayor certainly well. really, and and uh we thought we'd like to maybe bring you in to you, know, I hear your comments on uh, on your perspective as having been the chair of the committee, and and I know you also have a professional background in in planning as well. So maybe you could share some of your thoughts with us. Great. Right. Yeah. Um, you know I, I was kind of struck by the comments earlier about environmentalism and and whether or not you
7: know you should take the position of like doomer or or offering hope. Um, and so what's really interesting about this plan and this process was it really was like an embrace of a hopeful present. And then a sort of like consensus-based uh, process to determine uh, like very hopeful future that that you know everyone could get on board with. And what's what's really interesting about it is, you know, um, Mayor Kohut mentioned the waterfront developments and some other development that's happening closer to the downtown. You know, it, it's a framework that built a foundation for then these developers to also continue outreach with the community and kind of start off um, like ahead of the game, right? So because the community is now sort of primed to talk about these issues, um, and because they've learned like what the consensus is with regard to the vision for future development, it is generally easier for these developers to come in and start engaging to come up
3: with a vision that sort of everyone can get behind. You set the um, momentum, you, you set a momentum going in that direction, right? Yeah.
7: Yeah. I mean, it's serious. It is serious momentum. And, and you know, we and the mayor and I talk about this with, you know, some of our friends and, and residents in Havishra. But there's sort of like a core group of people that um, does a lot <laughs> and they kind of get burned out. Right. And so the so the, the comp plan was an opportunity to pull more people in. Right. Uh, to excite more people about being involved in visioning for their community Uh um, and then to get more involved, like, in a hands-on way versus all of this just happening in isolation or in a vacuum and happening top-down, right? Like, that's not how communities get built, right? In any place where there is sort of um, consolidated power and things are happening in the dark or behind closed doors, like, communities don't get get built that way. And then they don't thrive
3: economically. Yeah. So people, people the think more, is, yeah, other, yeah. they they complain, well, people are doing this and doing that and they don't feel part of the how solution. Many,
0: yeah. How many times have you had you, something you've been working on for three years and you do it and see, so well, you just sprung this on us. How come we didn't know about it?
7: <laughs> no, I mean, it's much, yeah, it's much better to, to be out there in front, Open. communicating people and coming up with consensus. Um, and then also like, that's the whole, that's, that's the beauty of an urban area or a downtown right is that it's it's a common right it's where interactions happen that wouldn't necessarily happen between people that wouldn't necessarily meet right and when you do that you create innovation and you create the economy as we know it mm-hmm. right so like we can't have an economy with people isolated from one another right, right? that's why we're seeing so many social issues i think happening coming out of covid and, and isolation it's like we need to get back together and our main streets are one of the best places to do that to be
0: honest yeah yeah i mean talk to each other and then you find out that uh that uh, you that your differences aren't as stark as they seem when you're messaging uh, each other over a computer or your yes. phone right, yeah right yeah what
3: kind of do
7: you learn- remember do you remember the? Do you remember the Obama like beer summit? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's, ama- it's amazing what you could get done over a beer. It's it's really it true. It Sure is.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it sure is. I I um I'm I'm, I'm ready to do some uh, negotiations right now. Uh, so you know what uh, we're gonna uh, on that note on that note that things need to be positive. I want to go back to Theodore uh, uh, Rosick again and 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 let let him expand on. Um, uh, what um, uh, uh, Jared Rodriguez is talking about. Uh, we're talking to Jared Rodriguez and Mayor uh, Mike Kohut from uh, Haverstraw, and um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll listen to you th- on the other side. Yeah, will listen to Theodore Rozak and then we'll have news from the natural world oh. immediately after that, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, listen, li- listen, listen to what's going on, and then we'll uh, chat with it on the other side. Here you go
8: have to connect with something more positive and affirmative in people. And I believe it's there. I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't believe it was there. So my article of faith is that at a very deep level, the human psyche is grafted to the planet out of which we evolved, that there is what I call an ecological unconscious. Mm -hmm. Now, whenever we invoke the unconscious, the depths of the unconscious, what we're essentially doing is pursuing a philosophical discussion of human nature. We're asking what makes people tick? What are the foundations of human behavior? And there's been, of course, a lot of speculation about that throughout the psychia- th- throughout psychiatric, uh, but- tradition. Um, uh, Some people find sexuality there, others find the archetypes of uh, the high religious traditions there. Uh, I'm suggesting that at a certain level of the unconscious mind, what we find is ecological wisdom, and that indeed, if that were not there, our species could not have survived and evolved uh, as it has. Um, Exactly what the ecological unconscious is and how it asserts itself and makes itself known, that's perhaps yet to be discovered once we attend to the problem. But I have floated this phrase, suggested this phrase as a hypothesis, so that the lowest level, the deepest level of the unconscious mind, we find an ecological unconscious, deeper down even than Freud's ideas about sexuality or Jung's ideas about religious archetypes, something that connects us intimately companionably with the flora and fauna, the mountains, the rivers, the natural world around us.
9: Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Decades of work to reduce hunger in Africa are being reversed as the continent struggles to cope with conflict, climate crisis, and the global economic downturn. Around 278 million people in Africa, approximately one fifth of the total population, went hungry in 2021. An increase of 50 million people since 2019, according to UN figures. Based on current trends, this is projected to rise to 310 million by 2030. UN officials attributed this increase to multiple and overlapping shocks and protracted crises in Africa, including the climate crisis, the lingering effects of the COVID pandemic, regional conflicts, and the global surge in fuel prices amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They warned that millions could die of hunger in the Horn of Africa and the Sahel region if donors do not scale up their humanitarian response, and they described the failure to respond quickly as morally unacceptable. Global undernourishment has leapt by 35% in four years as the climate crisis worsens. Catastrophic ecological threats are amplified by environmental destruction causing water scarcity and food insecurity. Around 768 million people across 27 countries around the world are at increasing risk posed by catastrophic ecological threats as the climate crisis worsens. Climate related threats such as water scarcity, food stress and natural disasters meant that in 2021 the number of undernourished people around the world rose to 750 million, a rise of 35% since 2015. Nigeria has been engulfed by its worst floods in a decade, affecting at least 18 of its 36 states and killing more than 600 people, with over one million internally displaced. The climate crisis has resulted in unpredictable and heavier rainfall. Unusually heavy monsoon rains and flash flooding have ravaged several Southeast Asian countries this week, killing dozens of people, forcing thousands to flee their homes and damaging key agricultural areas. Intense rain is expected to continue throughout this week in Thailand, where 59 of the country's 77 provinces have already been hit by floods affecting about 450,000 homes and more than 100,000 hectares of farmland, according to reports. New substances that activate adrenaline receptors instead of opioid receptors have a similar pain-relieving effect to opiates, but without the negative aspects such as respiratory depression and addiction. New findings are a milestone in the development of non-opioid pain relief. Using the James Webb Space Telescope to look back in time at the early universe, astronomers discovered a surprise, a cluster of galaxies merging together around a rare red quasar within a massive black hole. These findings offer an unprecedented opportunity to observe how billions of years ago galaxies coalesced into the modern universe. Scientists say PFA's contamination should be presumed at over 57,000 U.S. sites. PFAs or forever chemicals should be presumed present at certain industrial facilities, sites related to PFAs containing waste and locations where fluorinated firefighting foams have been used. This study integrated high quality publicly available data into a single map of 57,412 locations with sites in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. PFAs are a major concern for public health the chemicals have been measured in countless drinking water systems in the bodies of humans and wildlife around the globe, and even in rainwater at levels that are higher than the EPA says are safe for human consumption. Parts of Uganda have entered a three-week lockdown to help contain an Ebola outbreak that has struck the country. Uganda's president, Yoweri Museveni, announced the measures on October 15th, noting that people will not be able to travel in or out of Mubende and Kasanda. A nighttime curfew between 7 p.m. and 6 a.m. will also be imposed on the two districts. All bars, gyms, entertainment venues, and places of worship will be closed and public transport has been temporarily halted. Uganda declared an Ebola outbreak in September 2022 following six suspicious deaths in the previous month. A team of researchers with members from the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory has found via simulation that major forest fires in western parts of the United States can increase the intensity of thunderstorms hundreds or even thousands of miles downwind. Simulations showed that large fires can increase air flowing across the continent, pushing moist air ahead of it. That can lead to increasing storm strength. The simulations also showed that soot from a big fire can be carried for long distances, contributing to increases in hail size. New research based on an expedition to the icy waters off Greenland reveals soaring levels of antifreeze proteins in a species of tiny snailfish underlying the importance of this unique adaptation to life in sub-zero temperatures. The study warns that warming oceanic temperatures in the Arctic can pose a threat to these highly specialized fishes. Similar to how antifreeze in your car keeps the water in your radiator from freezing in cold temperatures, some animals have evolved amazing machinery that prevents them from freezing, such as antifreeze proteins, which prevent ice crystals from forming. Since the mid-20th century, temperatures have increased twice as fast in the Arctic as in mid-latitudes. And some studies predict that if the Arctic sea ice decline continues at this current rate, in the summer the Arctic Ocean will be mostly ice-free within the next three decades. Arctic seas do not support a high diversity of fish species, and this study hypothesizes that with increasingly warming oceanic temperatures, ice-dwelling specialists such as this snailfish may encounter increased competition by more temperate species that were previously unable to survive at these higher northern latitudes.
0: News from the natural world, Slavitri D. So the antifreeze proteins... Uh, so when I first heard that, I'm thinking, well, that must be like you know pollution from antifreeze. But no, they're actual proteins that the creatures in the Arctic use so they don't freeze. And then when it warms, it's not really uh, an advantage anymore. So mm-hmm. that's uh, one of the one of the ways that the Earth is uh, yeah. is uh, uh, changing as uh, it rapidly increases in temperature. And you know the thing is. That um, changes in temperature are not unheard of. You know, well, it's been warmer before. It was warm. Yeah, yeah, it's been warmer before, but it doesn't change as quickly as it as it is. I mean, it's it's right. the it's the speed of the change that that um, that outpaces uh, the uh, the you know the hour uh, and 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 nature's ability to adapt. So uh, that's what's happening. So we're we're seeing changes uh, in in a uh, uh, hundred years, 150 years, 200 years—that uh, should take hundreds of thousands of years—and so that, that uh, no, you know. Well, Lou, one of the things that I can remember my grandmother telling me,
2: so let's say it was 100 years ago, that the Hudson Hudson River used to freeze solid, yes. and they would drive trucks across the right. river. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, well, obviously that doesn't happen. It doesn't even right. get close to that anymore. Yeah. I mean, we'll see some ice flows, but yeah, yeah. the river's not freezing anymore, and and it's obviously it's a lot more saline, uh, brackish the than it used energy. to be, also. Yeah. And so those are just that's something very tangible that's much mm-hmm. different than it was a hundred years
0: ago. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, th- listen, we understand things change, but not not that quickly. Uh, for instance, the uh, the whole t- CO two thing. I mean, we have a set amount of CO two uh, on the planet some of it's in the ground, some of it's in us some of it's uh in the air right well we've just taken too much of it out of the ground and put it in the air i mean that's basically what's happened Mm -hmm. it's the same amount of co2 but we, we we've we've taken things out of the ground set it on fire and put it in the air and and that upsets the uh the uh balance and increases the temperature not to a place where it's never been before but to a place uh, at a, at a at a speed it's never never done before. So it's it's happening too fast. Right. Um, for instance, um, uh, we have never had this much CO two in human history in our atmosphere in the maybe way past in the past we have. So we have the most CO two in our atmosphere in all of human history, and half of that CO two was put there in the last. Thirty years—that's mm-hmm. quite—that's frightening. Over a time. <laughs> All right, so so anyway, that's what we're talking about, you know, and um, and that's why we're 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 here talking about climate change and how to get ready for it. Because if you don't get ready for it, you're just going to be victimized by it. And uh, Mike Kohat the mayor of Havistraw is here. Um, uh, Jared Rodriguez, who is what? Uh, He's the chair of the company. Comprehensive plan committee. Right. Comprehensive plan committee. I got a comprehensive plan that just won, uh, just won or won a while ago? Uh, about a month ago. About a month ago. Just won a, a statewide award for uh, for its um, clarity Planning excellence. and, uh, and uh, excellence uh, on, on how to deal with things that are coming up. And uh, so I guess I'm going to ask you, Jared, are you ready? Sure. <laughs> sure. are you, I mean, I mean, is Havastra ready for what's coming? or do you even know it's coming? I think it's really
7: difficult to tell exactly what's coming, right um, and or it's very difficult to predict how government will respond to it. And obviously, any local municipality is is reliant on state and other other forms of government, you know to be able to combat these issues that are much larger than it. Right, so maybe a couple years ago we heard um, that the Army Corps was going to do a floodgate at the mouth of the Hudson River, mm-hmm. and a lot, a lot of environmentalists, um, you know, fought it. But what is the alternative? I mean, is the alternative to abandon every river town? Mm-hmm. Um, or to abandon the Hudson line, which brings basically, you know, much of the wealth into the lower Hudson Valley? You know, can we actually afford to abandon... You know this multi-billion-dollar asset, something that might be worth something on the order of like fifty billion dollars. Like, can we actually afford to abandon that because
0: it's currently at sea level? Abandon what? The so, uh, rail line. The, railroad. The, railroad. the rail line. The railroad. The railroad. Okay, yeah. The well, railroad. I mean, during Sandy, yeah. I remember uh, right there at Ossining, there was a you know a full-size sailboat with keel and all. Sitting right in the middle of the tracks, you know. Right. I mean, and uh, uh, and maybe you got to move the tracks, you know. Maybe you got to move them. Yeah, I, do that. I don't know how you do that. Well, yeah, you yeah, I mean, if you if you, you, were, you were to lift up, up right, yeah. if
7: you were to lift the tracks, right? How many uh, current roadway crossings are there? What do you do with infrastructure and, yeah. and utilities, etc.? So, you know, that's a that's a tens of billions of dollar effort to to lift the tracks. So you know, we're we're, we're kind of stuck, and we kind of have to think about how do you kill multiple birds with one stone in order to, to fight, um, fight this issue? And so, you know, is the village ready? I think it's as ready as it's going to be. Um, okay. And also the other thing, too, is, like, you're never ready for anything because situations change. Mm-hmm. So you need to be nimble, and you need to predict Flexing. a wide range exactly. of scenarios. People yeah, are always yeah. getting and ready
0: for the last disaster. You know, we're, <laughs> we're getting ready for the next Sandy, but the next thing might not be Sandy. It might be some No, else. it might look completely different. And yeah.
7: so, you know, honestly, it's it's more about having a framework and an approach mm-hmm. to solve problems and a framework to grow in a way that will, you know, ride through economic trends, um, trends with climate, political trends et cetera. And honestly, you know, we kind of know how to do that. If we look at the history of humanity, mm-hmm. the most flexible places on earth, the ones that survive, you know, are urban, those are urban places. There are places that have buildings that can be adapted and reused and changed. Um, you know, we, we had discussions about these mill buildings, right? Like the 19th century mill buildings that kind of dot the Hudson Valley, um, you know, what have they become? They've become havens for artists, restaurants, boutique hotels. Like, housing. they become everything. Office, housing. Like, it can become anything. And so we shouldn't think about anything as being static. Mm-hmm. Like, don't build to the end state ever. You can't think of that you're building something and it will remain that way forever. You can't. Um, no urban place or anything is that. So what can we do to, to have as much flexibility as times change, as the conditions around... The village change and I think that's really honestly the strength of that of that comprehensive plan
8: Mm
0: -hmm. that's uh, that's encouraging it it is encouraging and uh, so uh, you know mayor I mean you you agree mayor or or, uh, are you ready yeah I'm ready
2: we're ready (laughs) I think I think as Jared said you you can't predict everything but um, the village has a vision uh, but the village, as Jared said, the village can adapt and and mm-hmm. turn ninety degrees if we have to turn ninety degrees if if things pan out differently. But we uh, we know who we are as a community, um, and we know where we need to go. You know, one of the, one of our biggest things that uh, and I don't know if you've had discu- discussions on this topic in, on your radio show, but affordable housing is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the Hudson Valley, throughout the country at this point, because uh, after the pandemic, prices just skyrocketed Mm -hmm. and whatever. We're seeing rents of $2,000, $2,500 in the village of Habistro where the median income is under Um, $60,000. It's not sustainable. So we're trying to plow through that problem and nothing's fast, but we have three affordable housing developers looking to do housing in our community that will address our needs, Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not going to solve the problem. But then again, we can't be a community of just poor people, Um, but we can take our poor people and try to give them better housing. Um, and and hopefully lift them up that way, so they don't the, the rest of their
0: income can be spent to make a better life for themselves. Yeah, and it, it, I mean you don't. I mean you want to be able to live and work there, not just yes. you know, not just right. work and commute. Uh, that's not a, a a sustainable thing. So we're talking about uh, we were talking about Sandy earlier. I was going to mention this sooner, because we're today is ten years mm-hmm. after Sandy, mm-hmm. and uh, all this this talk about ten years after. Reminded me of of the group ten years after. Do you remember it? Will you, you'd never heard of, them, right? I had not up until yesterday when you told me about them. Right, there we go. So ten years after was a uh, they were at Woodstock, which uh, you know, and, and there's a there's a great and, and a little bit. Then we're not going to do it now. We're going to do it in about you know toward the end of the show. But uh, I'm going to crank out that uh, that great recording of uh, Alvin Lee and Ten Years After. At uh, the uh, Woodstock music, music and Arts uh, Festival at Bethel, New York, in 19, August of 1969, and uh, it's just a blistering piece of music uh, that I feel like playing, and it's my show. I can do. There you go. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to do that. So, you want to? You want to play different music? Get your own show. <laughs>
3: so, do, so I'd like to know. You know, a comp plan in, in short form. A comp plan is what a vision. A vision for the community, if you want to give a quick definition of what, the, of what a comp plan is. But what did we learn between you, uh, Jared, between you and the mayor? Did we learn from listening to the public and having these conversations? Uh, did we learn things that we didn't realize? And how does that help the mayor make decisions uh, going forward in terms of planning for the future of the, of the community? Well,
7: do, do, is that a question for me or for Mike? Yeah, well,
3: Mike? I'd like to define the comp plan—a I, I comp plan for people to understand what that is. I would call it a visioning statement,
2: yeah. um, in, yeah. in its simplest form, uh, so that so that that community knows where it wants to go over the next ten years or twenty years.
3: And knowing there'll be obstacles you don't even know about at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. But that you're going to have a plan to move forward. Right? Correct. And yeah. Uh, and, and what did we learn about the village of Haverstraw Stro? Um, uh, Jared, I'm assuming you've lived there in the village for quite some time, too. I, what, what is the? Um, what have you learned, or what have you both learned that uh, you didn't realize, uh, or maybe things that were that were new information that you received from these public um, meetings and things? And by inviting the public into the process, which I think is wonderful, that what did you learn ab- about the community that you didn't know? I mean,
7: I kind I kind of had an inkling of this, and so and, and I can't say I didn't like know it. But it, the process affirmed that. I mean, honestly, everybody is looking for the same thing. Um, right. They might describe it in a different way, mm-hmm. right? And really it is just the use of language that is the barrier. And I'm not saying like actual different languages, I'm just saying how people use language as a tool to describe what they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? And so the comprehensive process wasn't just like a vision, it was a way to Communicate between a whole different uh, array of people that are at various socioeconomic levels, mm-hmm. um, and realizing
3: honestly that they that they want the same.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: They really do. I yeah, mean, so they, they coming just together want opportunity. Then, yeah, a coming together yeah. then, really a self evaluation and a coming together. Yeah.
7: Yeah, and and that that helped me realize that you know what we have in in the country in general is. Um, sort of like two PR agencies that are teaching people to say things. And it seems like very radically different. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I think people are sort of saying the same thing and they're getting held up by sort of like the team tribal mentality. And so when you break that and you get people to sit together, you know, over a beer or not, (laughs) And, and 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 trade language and say, "Well, I mean this when I say this," or mm-hmm. this person says, "I mean this when I say this." You realize that most people are saying the same thing, and they definitely do have a very similar vision of the of the future, um, especially in a place like Havistraw, which is i mean it's it's really uplifting. I think it's extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. and you know i'd love I'd love for us to find a way to communicate that to the rest of the region because mm-hmm. it does seem like um, it seems like we still we definitely still face uh, just ge- like generalized racism, like people seeing particular communities and avoiding them because of fear of crime.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, you know, honestly, Havistraw and in and, and its sister villages like Austin and Sleepy Hollow, they, they have some of the lowest crime rates per capita in the United States, and it's just you know, it's, it's unfortunate that people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get driven by perception. Actually, perception was a huge uh, topic that we discussed. Yeah. I think routinely during this comp plan um, process, which is which is really interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I've I've noticed <clears throat> since uh, entering public service that you'll get anecdotal um, stories about something about a place, a park, uh, a location, and uh, you go down there, and uh, you know, I don't I don't see it. It's not there you know or yeah. somebody saw it and or thought they saw it and they repeat it and then they they you know it takes so a life of its own it, it takes yeah. on a life of its own mm-hmm. and uh, and and it's not necessarily uh, deliberate falsehood but it's somebody's um, uh, initial <laughs> overreaction to a misperception that gets right. amplified and, uh, and and yeah so you realize that that things uh, things take a life of their own, and you have to get to the bottom of what you're really talking about. Right?
7: I, I think I think we have too. just in general, like this is sort of a general statement, but we have too many people trusting their version of reality. Mm-hmm. We need more people to trust themselves less. What's going on in your head is like, seriously, what's going on in an individual's head is likely not real. Right? You know, the version of reality that you're living through is based on your experiences, Mm -hmm. and it's probably not real reality. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's really important to give people places a a chance and, you know, challenge yourself to, you know, be positive, right? Um, And and life will be like a, a shade brighter.
3: Uh, if you if you come at it That's that way, it's really advice. it's really interesting. Yeah, hey, you had something you wanted to say. Uh,
2: just sort of touching on what Jared said, there's there's so much non-information or or where people don't know what you're doing in a community, mm-hmm. and and so they think you're doing nothing, mm-hmm. uh, and when in reality we're doing a lot in the village, mm-hmm. uh, but they're just they don't avail themselves, or they don't know that it's there. So we have, to, it's our job to get that out. Mm-hmm. And But going back to uh, what Jared says, we're, we're people and perceptions. Uh, for the past eight years, we've had the Havistra food crawl, mm-hmm. uh, which brought people down into the downtown to sample the restaurants. And and people come from all over. We had the, the ferry for the past two years, bringing people over from Westchester. And people were amazed at the, the quality and the variety of food that we had. And they felt comfortable and told us repeatedly that, Wow, we never knew this was here. We didn't know uh, that Havistra had all this. And um, that's why we did it, uh, was to get people to understand that there's the Havistra that you perceive, and then there's the Havistra reality. I mean, granted, I'm a big guy, but I can walk down any street in the village of Havistra at any time of the day or night and feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, that's not the perception, so you gotta you gotta defeat perception um by by pointing out the good stuff and and going on radio programs and talking to people and and right. telling people that Havistra is a great ethnically diverse walkable community that cares about the environment in which they exist and that we understand that we're all part of a greater
0: world and we have to try to do
2: our bit to make it a better place all right we got
0: a uh, caller on the line here um, our old friend Gordon Wren Gordon, how are you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, Hi, interesting discussion. Um, I was supposed to call on last
5: week, but uh, my plans got uh, changed by my wife. That's so, all right. Yeah. That's all right. Well you know we're always
0: we're always asking people to call uh, call from the future if they can because uh, uh, so we're you're calling from the past. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm, kind
5: of, I'm in that position quite a bit. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, listen. Go ahead. Today's um, conversation is interesting. I mean, I think that um, the village officer does a good job listening to their residents, and a good comp plan or a master plan should um, have input for the needs and the uh, and the wants of their citizens. And, and you know, uh, I still call it a master plan or a comp plan, mm-hmm. but um, I think if, if, if it's done right, it's... Meets the needs of the majority of the folks in, the, in, in, a, in a given community. Right. And the discussion today reminded me of, um, remember in uh, Muncie there was a machete attack around Hanukkah?
0: Mm-hmm. It was a real That's tragedy. A yeah, yeah.
5: And uh, the five town supervisors held a hearing. Uh, I don't know if it was a hearing, but they got a, uh, they invited citizens to come to the old Holiday Inn in Suffern. Right. And they broke them into a dozen it's or 15 COVID, groups.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, just before COVID, right? And um, the citizens spoke loud and clear what their concerns were. Uh, unfortunately, the supervisors and the town of Rampo never had additional. You now, part of that can be attributed to the, uh, the quarantine, but um, the residents spoke loud and clear. it was it wasn't ambiguous. They, you know, if you took the top one or two concerns of each of the different committees, which were very diverse, they really said what they were thinking, what their concerns are, what their fears are. Unfortunately, I can't see where um, any of this was taken to heart, at least in the town of Arapahoe and a lot of its villages. So, um, you know, I think I'm going to bring that up again and see. If, see if what what were the
0: concerns, Gordon?
5: Um, stop the um, rapid growth, the increased density, um, tr- you know, especially with the infrastructure without improvements to, you know, local roads and highways and drainage. And everyone, flood is still in everyone's minds. You know, 10 years ago was a long time, but it's not if you live in an area that's uh, subject to flooding. And then every time you build a new complex, uh, you know, or even a one-family house, um, you get rooftops and parking lots and driveways that, you know, increase the runoff. Right. And it just can exacerbate, you know, flooding downstream. And then what, what one community does affects the community downstream. Mm-hmm which is, you know, really we should have more regional planning, and our county planning board, I think, should have more teeth in it, mm-hmm. in, in, into its uh, jurisdiction. They make
3: good recommendations that are often ignored. I know that happens a lot in Stony Point. You know, the recommendations yeah. are good, you know, from the county planning, but they can overrule them, and that's often what they do.
5: Yeah, again, with a the majority, they can overrule them. Yeah. I've seen uh, uh, planning boards uh, or ZBAs will actually cancel a meeting because they don't have the right mixture <laughs> of uh, members there. <laughs> Yeah. They'll, they'll bring an alternate member on to vote for someone else, you know, mm-hmm. play games like that. So, Rockin' County is a beautiful place, uh, and, and uh, in Cohort is right. Um, I think that uh, Havist the Village Havist was uh, underappreciated sometimes, but uh, and I will say, we've fought for a long time for uh, to get a good mix on planning boards and CBAs. You would think that they would put on architects and engineers, and there should be a firefighter on each uh, mm-hmm. of, the, of the boards because, people, you know, the average Lehman has no idea what the ramifications are when they approve these things when it comes to fire, fighting fires, and how they spread mm-hmm. from one building to the next. And Aversa has done it the right way. I think both your board members have uh, firefighters on yes. them. And in addition, in fact, you're a long-term member yourself, Mayor. I right. have probably the last four or five mayors.
2: Yeah, uh, almost all the mayors have been uh, volunteer firemen, and so we have that perspective that we always think about.
5: Yeah, so I use uh, the Village of Harris as an example of doing it the right way a lot of times. But uh, in politics in our county, and uh, you know, I think due to social media and, uh, you know, some of you were just touching on it when I called in, uh, there are a lot of angry people out there who don't have the information. They run with a little bit of hearsay, and um, they don't get involved. They don't, go to, they don't attend board meetings. And uh, rumors spread from one person to the next, and one, from
0: one boy to the next, and <laughs> yep. yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. <laughs> everybody, uh, everybody's got you know. And and the other thing too is, uh, since I've I've started hearing folks, they'll uh, when I get all these anecdotal stories, I say, well, you know, and I used to you know it used to not be the case, but I'd say, well, there must be pictures because everybody carries a phone with them. <laughs> How did this happen and nobody got a picture of it? Right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then, when you do get a picture, sometimes is the picture what it, they really say it is. Sometimes it's true. It is. Sometimes it is. A, you have to be doubly, uh, doubly uh, skeptical. Correct. So, Gordon, so what are you up to now, Gordon? What have you been doing?
5: Well, uh, right now I'm getting ready to go into the Topkins Cove Library. Uh, there's a historical society from uh, the family of uh, the. They call it the Palisades Interstate Park region, where mm-hmm. my family goes back many, many generations where they lived in the park before they used uh, em- eminent domain to force the families out and create the park. So I'm going to have a quick uh, meeting with that group. But uh, I'm still uh, heavily involved in Coupon and fighting the good fight. Um, we're getting ready to file um, some legal action, possibly against the Arlupa law.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, that, that. What not, is that now? A rule that... Uh, do just say that like everybody knows what we're talking about. Religious land use... And uh, an institutionalized it,
5: it, 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 persons
2: act. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it,
5: that's it was passed it's when... Um,
2: the Clinton administration.
5: When, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, the mayor uh, has a pretty good handle on it. So I think we're... I'm in favor of that law to protect the religious freedoms of Americans. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I'm a firm believer in that. But um, it's, it's used. being abused in this it's area as a, as a sword or a hammer... To intimidate particularly small communities.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Well, I I, uh, I appreciated Gordon and uh, and you. Yeah, we, we you were uh, one of our somebody we always talked to when we came to, to do uh, uh, fire related stories and uh, zoning related stories up here in Rockland. So uh, yeah, I'm,
5: I'm I remember meeting you at uh, on the Hudson River in uh, during Sandy at the uh, uh, trailer park or the mobile home park. Yes, 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 yep. yes, yep. And, and it was,
0: uh, uh, yeah. It took us a couple of days to get to get over here because we had so much, so to much to do. Yeah. It was, um, it was a, yeah, it was a, rem- a remarkable and sad time. Um, uh, and uh, the the uh, damage was so vast that I'm I'm sure a lot of it never got mentioned, or and yeah. a lot of it has been not forgotten but overlooked because so it, you, was, it was so big.
5: And you said it a few minutes ago about getting ready for the next storm, which may not. Even resemble what you know the past storm, and each storm is different. This storm, uh, I believe, there was a full moon, a high tide, uh, coincided with a heavy rain, and yeah, it was just a you know. But uh, Floyd, which was 1999, when we got 14.8 inches of rain in Rockland, the western part of Westchester and northern part of Bergen, and New York City was pretty much um, I would say untouched, but. The flooding was relatively minor compared to what we got. But that, we didn't get the wind with that storm. We got just heavy, heavy rain. And I remember, and, um,
0: uh, you know, you, you're covering the old storm. I we had we had been down in, I'd been I think it was a Channel 99. I might have been at uh, no 99. I was at the CBS. And I remember we went down to Florida uh, for Floyd. And Floyd threatened Florida, but never quite. Came ashore there, and then came in, in the Gulf. That was 99. Uh, uh, what? I remember that was 99. And uh, and we came back to New York, right, and they sent me out to Montauk because, you know, hey, you know, it's the a hurricane, hurricane. you go to the beach, right? And, yeah. uh, and meanwhile, the Hudson Valley was getting destroyed. Yeah, yeah. And then when the, the, when the morning came up, uh, you know, we were... We were wet and all that stuff, and and, and, and the crew couldn't drive because they hadn't slept enough and all that stuff. And they said, "You got to get to Rockland County." And I said, "We, we could we the, the storm had beaten us, yeah. you know, because we were in the wrong spot." And uh, that's crazy because you're expecting damage. one thing and something else happened. That's my that's my you story. You
7: know that 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 on that point, right? The urban urban flooding, swift water, you know, really heavy deluge,
5: mm-hmm. like
7: that's the threat. I mean that's the big threat honestly and then to some extent you know heat heat wave um, and potentially fire uh, in, in the future and so but really I mean the 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 issue with um, uh, the, the ability for for water to permeate into the ground and all of this like centralized catchment into just you know, single streams over like really wide areas. The Minassiango yeah. Creek, for example, in, in mm-hmm. Havistraw, West Havistraw. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a tremendous threat, uh, and it routinely gets dismissed.
0: Yeah, um, you, you know, yeah. yeah, it's true. And we, we were we were just beaten. We just did. Uh, we <laughs> my my boss just said, "Oh, I, I guess wrong <laughs> time. <wrong> uh, t- <laughs> I guess we, we 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 had used up all our resources, and and we couldn't respond anymore. We were." Uh, we were uh, faked out. Um, uh, oh. Yeah, uh, uh, y- 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 you're right on the on the money, Jared. I mean, I mean, it's um, it's it's hard to anticipate what happens next. And uh, and uh, the those uh, that urban flooding uh, issue. I mean, I remember people who there were small small uh, uh, rainstorms where people got flooded on the side of a mountain. Right. Well, how does that happen?
2: Yeah. You know. But you see it all the and time. Like it, most of the. Nowadays as Jared was saying with urban flooding, that's what when you see flooding stories around here it's in it's in the cities and stuff and they have you know a 10 inch rain event or whatever and you see it down in, in the oranges and in, in um, bound Brook floods and, and the yeah, whole community yeah. floods you saw it over in Mamarack you see it it's all these crazy one-offs mm-hmm. that it's a normal rainstorm here but three miles away they get 10 inches of rain mm-hmm. uh, and that was that was I think unheard of years ago, yeah. but nowadays no, that, it seems that, like it happens that's every that day.
7: At, it's, yeah, atmospheric river phenomenon where, uh, yes. you know, the air, the air is hotter, so it can carry order mm. of magnitude uh. more moisture, and then it just comes out all at once. You see 10 to 15-inch yeah. rain events. I mean, honestly, like, I saw, I saw Vermont after Irene, and the destruction was like extreme and yeah. so that that stuff like really
3: does keep me up at night i mean over the, uh, wasn't that the storm that did the damage over at the wasn't that the storm that did the damage over at garnerville uh, yeah i mean Irene, garner yeah. got
5: hit with yeah garner we're back yeah. to the miss and you you the streams that come out of the hudson of the um state park uh, there's very little topsoil up there. You have bedrock, and right. maybe three or four inches of uh, topsoil. So the rain doesn't percolate; it runs off quick. In fact, the weather, National Weather Service uses the Maui River as a gauge for flooding in New Jersey. If you know, if, when the water rises up above its banks, the same thing to fire the Missiango and the Old Tierradi Creek. Uh, and Irene was a good example. I got 12 inches of rain over the park, and all the, the major flooding took place with that storm coming down the Missiango. Sure. Yeah, Gordon. The, the, Gordon, the, the, I wanted
2: to mention that uh, I was thinking of you earlier today. I was hiking up in the uh, uh, in the Letchworth Reservoirs, and that's usually where I run into you. And I thought I might see you today, but you weren't out with the dog.
5: <laughs> no, I went yesterday. <laughs> oh, <so>. all right. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice, the first reservoir is full. The second yeah. one is still not full, and the I third one that. is far from being full. Yeah. So that's for the listeners. Um, when Letchworth was in full operation, they had over five thousand residents and probably twice as many employees. They built uh, a reservoir to supply it back around 1910 1915. It wasn't enough, so they built a second and a third one. And uh, it's, they're very uh, subject. Like this summer, we had very little rain. Yeah. And the, the, you know, they're using water now for um, municipal water, and uh, it's a beautiful area. But I, I you know, we, we look at yeah, we look at these things a little, a little different. Most people just walk by and they see a pond. You know, we're actually studying the uh, studying it and thinking about the uh, impact it's going to have with weather.
0: All right. Well, um, uh, I'm. I'm really glad. I mean, you, God, we're covering a lot of great, uh, great uh, ground here. 2007. I'm, I'm glad everybody remembers it because mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, of course, how, why wouldn't they remember it? You 2007? would remember it. Yeah. I would remember it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that far gone yet. <laughs> not yet. But uh, <laughs> uh, here we are. Here we are. Ten years after Sandy, and as I mentioned before, uh, ten every every time I start ta- started when we started talking about ten years after, I, I I thought about ten years after the group. You mean you know the group, right, Gordon? <laughs> The group. Ten and years after Woodstock, Gordon. Wood- oh, I, I was in uh, Vietnam then. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, let's let, let's we go back. Let's stuff. go back to Woodstock. Let's go back to 1969, and uh, we'll all listen to that, and then we could t- chat on the other end and t- take this to the top of the hour, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ten Lee. years after. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I always want to say that. Hit it, Will.
3: let
6: <laughs> <laughs> Going Home" by
3: Helicopter.
10: Back. Like a loser, take your love and give one more time. Oh, you stop, you stop. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, baby, oh, baby, 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 Yeah, yeah baby, 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 see
7: my baby. I see
10: my I play the blues for you. Baby!
0: To tough times with Lou young that's Alvin Lee don't take a pulley away leave him, leave him in the leave background me. there Okay. okay Okay. You know, all right. it's, it's not sacri- totally gone that's sacrilege, sacrilege. don't't don't, don't don't pull, don't pull <laughs> I'm him short. and uh, 10 years after from Woodstock uh, August 1969 uh, guys you liking that absolutely all right yeah uh, are uh, they're still there yeah the Everybody, are still there, Jared or?
1: and Gordon are still there
0: Jared Gordon what do you think I think there they are. Yeah, now, now, now they're on. Hey, what do you guys think? Huh? I, I had an interesting had a comment that it was cool. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. blisteringly fast. Uh, so uh, I, I just—that's just me. Ten years after, ten years after, when, when ten years seemed like a long time, now it seems like yesterday. So, yeah. uh, in any event, we're uh, we're coming up close to the top of the hour here, and I wanted to um, to thank everybody for being here. We spoke with um, uh, Steve Otis. assemblyman Steve Otis at the top. We have been speaking the entire uh, two hours with uh, Mayor Mike uh, uh, Kohut uh, from uh, Havistraw. Uh, we've been on the phone with uh, Jared Rodriguez, who is uh, also from Havistraw. Helped them put together a wonderful comprehensive plan. So they just got a uh, statewide award for. Yeah. Awesome, uh, we little, got, awesome, little. Yeah, we got a caller Gordon Wren on the line there. Um, uh, and uh, Gordon, uh, Gordon, what was your title, Gordon, when you were with uh, Rockland? You were... Uh, Rob is the county fire coordinator, but
5: also the director of fire and emergency services.
0: Okay, so he's, a, he's the fire guy. Director. Okay. Director of the fire guy. Yeah, so he's a, Yeah, know, fire guy. The fire guy. And, um, and thank you all for talking to us. We, we've been talking about um, uh, climate change and whether we should be too pessimistic or uh, optimistic. Uh, we've had uh, Reverend, uh, Billy on, uh, Reverend Billy on, Reverend Billy Talon. Uh, from the Church of Stop Shopping, uh, we had that. We had uh, Mike, Donovan. Sa- it's Mike, hmm? Donovan. Mike Donovan, Mike Donovan, 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 Donovan. from Auckland, or, 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 uh, Orange, and Orange, and Orange and Rockland, and Rockland uh, uh, Utilities, talk to us about all the stuff they've done since uh, uh, the ten years ten after, years after. <laughs> Hurricane Sandy. And um, uh, so it's been a, a jam-packed show. We're we're uh, we're thrilled to uh, be uh, to be here this week. Next week we will be preempted. There is a. Um, uh, a global day of prayer that's going to be on from like uh, 10 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. And uh, Bishop Francois Dumas. Dumas? I believe it's Dumas. I don't know. In any event, well he's, he, they're doing a whole broadcast from uh, Boulder Stadium. And. Uh, It'll be uh, so. If you hear prayers, it won't be Reverend Billy. It'll be the uh, the bishop, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, a different take on spirituality. And um, and then we'll be back in two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks with a uh, a guy who uh, has a, a website called the, um, uh, uh, what is it called? The capitalist, the environmental capitalist, or the the climate capitalist? Uh, yeah. So uh, and and we'll be talking about. Um, some of these uh, apocalyptic scenarios, what uh, seems likely, what doesn't seem likely, and what uh, investors can do to, to do the right thing. Oh, here we go. And then Alvin's, let's Alvin, t- let it take it to the end here, guys. Anyway, uh, guys, everybody, thank you everybody, for being here. Uh, Tough Times at Lou Young, WRCR AM 1700, WRCR.com. We'll see you in two weeks.